You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Well, guys, hey, um, so excited uh, to be back again for some of you. I met some of you tonight. Uh, you may not know, uh, my name is Cole Rhodes. I'm the New Journey Pastor. Uh, just super stoked to be here. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, guys. You are so encouraging. Thank you. Um, and this is my wife, Caitlin Rhodes, uh, over here. She, she's like, don't pull me out like that. I called her out from the stage. Uh, but we're just, we're so excited to be here. Um, and so one of the things I want to do real quick, um, so our series that we're going to be in, I told you last week, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians. Y'all ready for this? You excited? Yeah. yeah, raise your hand. Have you read 1 Corinthians before? I'm not like roasting any of you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of a long book. It's got like 16 chapters, so it's okay if you haven't read all of it. And so I, I'm excited because one of the things that this book does is it enables us to really dive in to a big part of our vision, which we've talked about, which is we need to be better before we're bigger, right? And so that's actually what our series is going to be called. Every single week, what we're going to do is we're going to dig out from the chapters of 1 Corinthians things that the Apostle Paul said 2,000 years ago almost um, that are relevant, not to some made-up church. It's not like mystery stories or, or, sorry, mystical stories, made-up stories. Like It's a real church. They had real problems with real people just like us, things that we encounter. And we're going to kind of, as I said last week, with just open hands and open heart, let God sign the light of his word on us and ask him, God, what, is this, what does this mean for us? How do we get better, right? And so as we get started, I want to tell you a story um, at one of the churches that I've served at. This is her real name. Caitlin will know who I'm talking about. There is a lady, and I'm going to call her Miss Sandy, okay? And any of you have friends or know someone that it seems like if there is a margin of possibility, they're going to bring up something negative, right? They're going to have a negative comment or feedback about that thing. You know somebody like that? Okay, so this was Miss Sandy. First off, just preface, love her, definitely um, a sister in the Lord. But she was kind of the grandma of the church that would always let you know that the bathroom was out of toilet paper, right? She would always let you know that there wasn't enough soap in the soap dispenser. She would let you know, I was a worship leader at this time, they would let you know, hey, the songs are too fast. The songs are too slow. The songs are too old. The songs are too new. The Bible is too long. I'm like, I definitely can't do anything about that, right? And so the point is, I mean, just every single chance, like instead of maybe just inserting an encouragement or like word of positivity, she was always like, every time I saw her coming, like Miss Sandy would come over like this and, and I'm kind of like this, you know, right? Like, and she just always had something to say. And so I'll be honest with you, it got to where I kind of just dreaded having to talk to her because I couldn't recount. It was after a year or so, I couldn't recount a time when we talked where it was something positive. Isn't that crazy? Like, and so one of the reasons I think that is, is I think maybe Miss Sandy, like I said, I know she's a sister in Christ. I think maybe she didn't grow up around or grow up in maybe a culture or with a family of people that really knew grace. That makes sense. Like, oh, there's one thing to, to know the Lord's grace, another thing to begin to apply it to our lives. And so she didn't know grace. She didn't learn it growing up. And so, of course, what she wasn't going to do is she wasn't naturally going to, to give grace. You see how that goes? And so to be truthful with you, Sandy said a lot of good things. <laughs> I mean, sometimes there were some songs. It's like, you know, I agree that that was a little off. 
But it was the way that she was saying it, right? Some, I wish she would have said like, hey, Cole, you're doing all these things well. But, but sadly, I, I never heard, again, sister in Christ, love her. I never actually heard her say something good about anything about our church or me or whatever. It's kind of depressing, right? And so my point for tonight is, and something I see in Miss Sandy and something that I think we have to be careful. My main point is that you can't give grace unless you know and you learn grace first. Or let's put it in a positive way. At those who give grace, you know those people that are just always super encouraging, right? Like you leave from time with them and you're just like, man, I just, I just feel awesome, right? Those who give grace do so because they know it so well and they have learned it. And the context I'm talking about, I'm talking about in the church, all right? We're not talking about just people who can be generally nice. This is a kindness and a generosity and encouragement that really comes from God, right? From the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do is our text tonight is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 through 9, right of the ESV. Let's read that together. It says this, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 9. All right, so I'm going to give you a little bit of context of 1 Corinthians, all right? I'm just going to briefly say this. There was some crazy stuff going on, all right? You ever heard someone, I don't know if this is kind of outdated, you call someone a pagan? And I feel like that used to be a thing, like, you pagan. You see someone doing something, you skip church, you pagan. You know, right? We don't do that here, by the way. You're good. You're good. We're glad that you're here if it's been a while. We're glad you're here if it's been a while. But they were literally a pagan culture. They were kind of a godless culture, not like they didn't have other gods because they did, but like the one true God, it seemed like their worldview and the culture they lived in was pagan. And they were very culturally religious. It was messy. There was lots of stuff in the church that was reflective of the culture that they lived in. So I want you to kind of think, there's someone here that I've met that is actually from Las Vegas, and I don't mean it in a negative way, but I want you to think of like Las Vegas meets the church right? There's some cool stuff to do, but there's some stuff that you can really get into that you're like, man, that was a bad decision, right? And so that's kind of where Corinth is. And this, guys, think about uh, like an ancient Vegas that's moved to today. Think about like planning a church in Vegas, all right? That's kind of maybe a great idea. That's what Paul had. That was his context. Some crazy stuff going on, right? And so there was fighting, there was an issue with communion. They, they liked to maybe drink a little bit too much wine. All right, yeah, I'll just leave it there. Uh, one guy did something so sketchy that I, I don't feel comfortable repeating it at this time. So there's tons of problems. Paul had his work cut out for him, okay? But what I love is uh, this is the church that Paul will show us. He loves and cares so much for. They recognize this is who God has given to me. And so our first point tonight, as I said, I think we need to know grace 
right? Before we kind of learn to live it and give it. And so let's look at verses one through three first. So Paul kind of starts out in verse one. He gives his name, right? He gives his identity. So if you actually know who Paul is, that, that name has some weight to it, all right? Some people were kind of doubting him. Is, is he really an apostle? Some of the things he says we don't agree with. But he says, I am called by God. And that is a weighty thing to say, right? I'm not even talking about like in salvific way. I'm talking about he was called to be an apostle, and he's writing a letter. So I want you to think like someone really famous writes you a letter, gives you a call. Let's just say Kanye just calls you up, right? He said, this is Kanye. He doesn't need to say anything else, does he? Like, you know, Kanye who? Like, okay, come on. Like, we know who you're talking about. And that was kind of what Paul's name should have had. He starts just reminding, hey, I'm the same guy who came to you, who God called me to come to you, and I'm writing to you again because I care about you. And so what we do and what we see here is he's made it legit. And can we just, just pause for a minute? I, here's this word called, all right? Um, I, I told my wife today, I, guys, I love talking about the gospel. Can we like stop and talk about the gospel real quick? Are y'all good with that? Yeah, okay, there we go. So look, here's the amazing thing about this word called. Um, so we think the word called today a lot of times like maybe a phone call. That's kind of the most common way that you think of it. We also, like sometimes when I come home, I was like, hey, Caitlin, you're here. Where are you? I kind of call out. And then, right, there's another way that we can sort of call out to people, and it's maybe a distress call, right? Like you're, it's not like just a casual, like, hey, babe, are you home? It's maybe they're lost. You can't find somebody. I think of that scene, I'm a Stranger Things nerd, all right? I, I think, all right, there we go, there we go. Um, I think of Will Byers when he was lost, and they're, this is not kind of spoiler, by the way, like you've had plenty of time, all right? You know, they're just yelling out, Will, 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 and they can't find him, right? He's lost. He's, he's literally in, in the darkness, in the inside out. Yeah, they don't know what that means. Um, man, I just nerded out for a second. He's in the darkness. They're calling out to him, and they can't find him. But here's the beauty of it. I mean, here's the essence of the gospel. When, when God called us, this is something that, that Christians can look back and experience. There was a time, right, where God called us, and we heard that call, and it was beautiful. We heard it clearly. It began to open our eyes even in that. Our, kind of, our heart kind of softened. And what did we do? We responded to that call. There was a time whenever we heard the gospel. God had maybe been working on our heart for some time, and he called us into salvation. And what did he do? Like Will Byers, all right, it took him a while to get out of the darkness, but he calls us out of the darkness and sin that we were living also think about, like, have you ever, maybe this is you as a kid. I don't think this happened to me. But you see parents that lose their kids in, in Target at Walmart. You know what I'm talking about? So that kid, he's having the time of his life, right? Those parents, worst time of their life, period, right? And so they're crying out. He's having the time of his life. He doesn't care. And I kind of think of that picture. That's how we were when God was calling us. Actually, in our sin, we were having the time of our life. We were just doing just fine, Right? Bible kind of makes it clear, like, we were kind of enjoying you living for self. And like, oh, God, yeah, that's, I'm God. This works out better when I'm God, right? And so the beautiful part of this, the essence of the gospel that I'm drawing out is when God called us, it wasn't out of this thing that we did or didn't do to deserve or not deserve. It was out of pure grace. He went after us, even though we didn't really want to be found at the time. Does that make sense? Isn't that beautiful? So just like the child running away in Walmart, he doesn't want to be found. He wants to go off and do his own. That's how God comes to us. 
And so that's the type of grace that I want to encourage you to know about tonight. And it's not only just called, right, to be saved. Like there's kind of once saved, always saved. Baby, I got my fire insurance. I'm not talking about that, all right? I'm talking about what I'm not talking about. Paul's talking about the word of God is called to be saints. Like there's this thing about what we're called to. It's not just, all right, I'm good. Check my box. Like we're actually called, it says, to be sanctified, which means holy or pure, and so to, to be the church, which by the way, you're a Christian, you're in the worldwide global church, is actually to be holy. That what begins to happen in your life, some of you are very new at this, some of you have been Christian for a little bit, but what you should experience is the holiness of God is transformative. It's because you're called into it. And when God calls you to something, it's effective. He does the work. It's amazing. And so over the span of your life, you begin to see yourself look more and more like who? Like Cole? Hope not, right? Like Jesus, right? It's good stuff. And I, I want to leave you a side note. You see that name, uh, Sosthenes? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm just going for it. All right, so check this out. In Acts chapter 18, when we first see him, this is evidence of how God transforms you. He is a ruler of a synagogue. He is a Jewish ruler of a synagogue. And what he does in Acts chapter 18 is he hears Paul's testimony, he hears his word, and he actually gives up his own life. He doesn't die, but he's willing to give his life to protect Paul, gets beaten for his faith, and guess what we see? We see Paul in a letter years later saying, hey, this guy's still with me. Isn't that awesome? And so that's how God transforms. He, he transforms the exact people group who were the greatest persecutors of Jesus and turns him into a follower of Jesus. It's just really cool. Just so you know who Sosthenes is, if you didn't care, well, anyway, you got it. Um, and then we see Paul's greeting, grace and peace. Why does he say that? I think it's because he, we are marked by that, right? That we can use those words, grace and peace, we can use them all day in our culture everywhere, but within the Christian community, within God's people, that is the real grace and peace that he's talking about. And so I hope that you know that. I hope that what I just said is familiar for many of you. And if it's not, then I want to talk more. But that is the essence of grace. That's what you must know and believe and hold on to. And so now we have to learn grace. And so let's pick it up in verse 4. He says, I give thanks to my God. What? Sometimes? What does he say in verse 4? Always. Man, I don't think... I know of anybody like I'm like, always like, giving thanks for, right? I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. I want to share with you a quote from a book called uh, Humility by a guy named C.J. Mahaney. It's, one, it's in my top five books. I referenced it a little bit last week, subtly just talking about my story. And here's what he says about Paul and Corinth. He says, consider the list of problems Paul had to address in this letter, a serious doctrinal error in which the Corinthians, they drifted away from the centrality of the cross and became seduced by human wisdom, division within the church that created four emerging factions, all needing correction. There was a form of immorality in their midst that would appall the average pagan, but which the Corinthian church not only tolerated, but they were proud of. He also says, when you come together, check this out, it is not for the better, but for the worse. Like that would be, <laughs> be ridiculous. It'd be like saying, guys, it'd really, it'd really be better 
if we probably just didn't even have Tuesday nights. Like, it's that bad. Like, wouldn't that be ridiculous? Can you imagine the shift that would have to happen, the changes that would have to happen here for that to be true? And Paul is saying that. He's being brutally honest. It'd actually be better if you didn't meet. It's that bad. And so meanwhile, the church at Corinth, this, this quote, had great misunderstandings of the gifts of the Spirit. They were opposing Paul himself, challenging his authority. And yet Paul tells them, I give thanks to my God always for you. Why? Because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. And so one of our values that we talked about, right, is hopeful. Y'all remember that? We talked about that last week. And so relational, helpful, hopeful, real, right? And so one of the things that I didn't exactly touch on is that we're a hopeful people, right? We're not saying that you have to come in here and act like everything's always all right. But at the end of the day, when we go to sleep, Christ is risen, right? So we said last week. And so another thing about being hopeful is that when we look at each other, we're not Miss Sandy, right? When we look at each other, we don't just see all the bad and then tell others the bad. For our Christian brothers and sisters, we are hopeful and assuming the best in them, Right? And that's part of the, the culture that's already begun uh, here in this place. And that's what we want to continue. And so an example of better before bigger, let's grow in that. And let's let Paul be our teacher in that. Verse 5, Paul says, in every way you are enriched. In other ways, in other words, you're made better. All right, so in second grade, um, I don't know what it was. I didn't think that I was a bad kid. But my second grade teacher had it out for me, guys. Like, she did not like me. And you know, I struggled with pride last week. Like, if you don't like me, it's your problem. Sorry. There's something wrong with you, right? So even the second grade had this pride, and she did not like me. And I hope I'm not dating myself. I'm not old, all right? I'm not dating myself. But did y'all have, like, report cards at any point in school? Okay, I think they've done away with it now. I don't know what's up with that, like kids these days, right? Okay, and so they, we had a report card. And guys, I got six X's on the report card. And it was like talking too much, like big surprise, right? And like doing all these like things. And like, I had to be honest with my parents. I was like, yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, and honestly, I just, I didn't like the teacher. That's a side note. Doesn't matter. Just saying, still kind of bitter. Um, I'll work on that. We'll get better. I'll get better. Um, so what happened was my parents kind of corrected it. They had a meeting with the teacher. But you know what happened that next six weeks? It was only two X's. All right, so still, still some things to work on, right? But you know how encouraging it was to look at that report card and check, 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 and all of those boxes, right? Especially as, as a kid. Basically, I had improved in, in every way, right? And so as I was thinking about it, it reminds me of what Paul is saying. Glad I corrected that. <laughs> Think about, I don't even know what that means. Think about people that you genuinely enjoy being around. Do you find overall that they are more of a consistently encouraging person or more of a consistently negative person? Question number three. It's about yourself. Uh-oh. It's about to get real. Are you more prone to talk or think negatively about others or speak highly of them and identify Jesus in them. So your experiment, your homework this week, you're like, homework, I'm out. I'm never coming back to the journey. All right, please, please do. Um, your homework this weekend or week is I want you to, to kind of pit a competition. All right, your words of grace and encouragement versus your words of negativity 
and maybe put downs or jokes or whatever. And so here, here's my caveat. Guys, we can still joke. Please let us still joke, right? Like, I don't take myself seriously. Let's not take ourselves too seriously, right? Guys, I think, are the worst at this. Like, guys need to joke with each other. It's like a sign of endearment to, like, say the meanest thing to each other. That's like, those guys are tight, man. Like, they're like this, right? And so I'm not meaning that, but this week, just in our homework, just think about it, all right? This, we're not just wanting out on this week. This is something that kind of carries an experiment for you. And I want you to ask yourself, which, which side won? Was it the gracious side? Was it the encouragement side? Or am I kind of leaning towards negativity and put down? Does that make sense? Clap twice, that makes sense. Sweet, good. I just thought I'd try that. Let's see. <laughs> so I want to give you an illustration. I think in our culture today, honestly, it is a lot easier and selflessly, I'll admit, a lot more fun to roast people, right? Let's <laughs> be honest. Look at that. You're, you're laughing about the concept of roasting. Just wait until I roast somebody. Like, it's so fun, right? It's obviously fun. It gets a response out of you. I feel good. Like, <laughs> I'm being funny. All right. You know, <laughs> but here's the deal. What if I, um, Zach, where are you? I lost you. There he is. I was talking to Zach. What if I had this crazy, just funny joke about Zach and I was just gonna just share it in front of all of you. Something he did in the office, just totally, maybe he just like busted in the bathroom. I don't know, just something ridiculous like that. He didn't actually do that, right? And like, I'm just telling it, you're, you're laughing and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh, that's awesome. And you would know how to respond. Oh, that's funny. And, and maybe you give me a courtesy laugh, right? At least he didn't think it was funny. Now check this out. What if I like kind of just, Man, like right here, just started talking about, man, Zach is such a great brother and just started listing like all these things out. You know what would happen? I would look up and y'all be like, you're like looking up at me. I think maybe some people are like, oh, that's sweet. But most of you are just like, okay, right? <laughs> like, you, you see what I mean? Like, why are we so much better at laughing whenever someone just sees like, roasted, you know, than we are at just amening the fact that we just encourage your brother. Like our laughter is so much louder than our amens. You see that? Oh, I got a new, awesome. All right. I'm gonna save that podcast. All right. <laughs> so the question remains, what does it look like to give grace? So one thing I did, I, guys, I, I have, I think I have the best job in the world. Let's gonna be honest. I just, I reached out to our incredible journey team and let them finish my sermon this week. All right. <laughs> I asked them, what are ways some applications. What does it look like to give grace and encourage others well? So I'll give it up for them already. All right. Our journey team, they're going to finish. They're going to finish the sermon for us tonight. It also means the sermon is finishing, which you're probably happy about. Um, so here's what one of them said. They said this, listening to listen, not just to respond. So you're not like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And inside you're like, what am I going to say next? Just being a good listener to your friends. Point out the goodness you see. Like, just identify it. Guys, did you know, if we're honest, like, vulnerable, like, a lot of us don't feel confident, even in the things that we think we're okay at, right? Good. Like, to have someone just call it out. That's one of the points. I mean, just call out goodness that you see. While you're talking with others, pray and ask for the Holy Spirit during your conversation to help you understand and give the right words and guidance. Um, one of them shared an example of construction. Caitlin and I just moved into uh, a new house that was built, and there was the process of that that took months, right? It takes a long time to build something very quickly, right? You can tear it down. You know what I'm saying? And so the point that was made is you have to be very, very intentional 
And, and your words, that the words from the Proverbs are like a sword. They can just destroy, they can demolish so quickly. And so there's intentionality even in how you talk to each other, all right? You call out the good. You celebrate the little things. Choose your words carefully. And then one person said, guys, thanks for taking everything I was going to say. I don't know who that was. <laughs> and so if there's anything I would add to that, and, and thanks, Journey Team, for helping me with that, um, I think what we need to do, there's so many examples. You can talk about it in your connect groups. You will about just maybe people that have encouraged you. But I think where you begin with this is, is actually very simple. What I just said, in your connect groups, right? Begin practicing this with those that you're already meeting with weekly life. Don't go up to a stranger at Sugar Browns and just start calling out the goodness in them, right? Like, that's not gonna work well, especially guys with a girl. I know what you're thinking. Don't do it. Like, I just see Jesus in you. Like, don't do it. I just promise you, promise you. We're gonna be counseling in my office the next week if you do that, all right? Don't do that. But start in your connect groups, right? Learn to encourage one another, love one another in that space. And then move out. Move out to your roommates. Move out to your friends. And so the band is going to come up as we close tonight. But guys, here's my, here's my hope. And I want this to be your hope as well. As we get better at this, right? What I hope is that we we show the world around us, essentially, the gospel. What begins to happen is what's happening here at the journey is that here's, here's Christ's likeness and here's the journey. Men, over time, it's already begun. Over time, like there's this, it's getting more and more parallel. Y'all see that? We're never gonna get there. We're never gonna be perfect. We're never going to arrive. And if you have arrived, you haven't, we'll talk about it later, all right? And so, Here's the beauty, my goodness. When we start doing this well, when we really continue doing this well, but we grow in this, what begins to happen here in this space is that we become an unstoppable force for the gospel. When the outside world sees something that there is no way that they can taste, see, or experience outside of Jesus Christ, then that's something unique. When people step into this place who don't know Jesus and they have to go home and think honestly to themselves, that is the first time I've ever seen anything like that. That's when the fun begins, right? That's when the fun begins. That is something that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. That is where we start to become better before we get bigger. And so I ask you tonight, are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Can we learn to give grace from a place of knowing it and learning it. You ready? Let's do it. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this night. I thank you for the grace that was given to us. And God, may that be the place from where we think and live and breathe, do everything that we do from that place. I'm praying for these students as they go to their connect groups. It's just there would be just great conversation that it would just open up and that we would grow together in this. As I said last week, we're, we're opening our hearts and our hands and saying, show us what to do. Shine the light of your word and your will just upon us. You've called us out of darkness and into light so that we might walk in the light. We're called to be saints, a force for your gospel. 
that all people may know the name of Jesus. And we love laughing and cutting up. We love having a good time. But in that, oh Lord, we, we want to see your name known. We want you to have your way in us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK. 